Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 is what we're going to study in God's Word together this weekend. We're doing a series, uh, in case this maybe is your first weekend, you haven't been here the last couple of weekends. Actually, I said Matthew 6, 5. We're studying Matthew 6, verse 9 together this weekend. But we're doing a series on the Lord's Prayer. And last weekend, we kind of wrapped up. We, we started a couple of weekends ago. We kind of introduced the Lord's Prayer. Because as we look at God's Word, Jesus kind of did that. Before He got to what we call the Lord's Prayer, He did some kind of introductory teaching about prayer. And so over the last couple of weekends, that's what we've been doing. We've been sort of introducing what we said is the Lord's Prayer. We actually said maybe it's better, the model prayer. And actually, I want to clarify that a little bit more. I might even say maybe it's not even the model prayer. Maybe it is a model prayer. And I don't want to make too much of that, but I, I kind of get the sense as I read it that Jesus wasn't saying this is the most perfect prayer ever to be said. I think what He was saying is I want to teach you. Here's, here's some ways. Here's some things to learn. Some principles. Here's a, here's a little bit of a pattern for me to give you so that you can better understand how to come before God, how to talk to God, how to have a relationship with Him. I heard about a little boy who was convinced that he knew what God's name was. So the Sunday school teacher was interested in asking him. She said, okay, Johnny, what is God's name? The little boy said his name's Art. Art, the teacher said puzzled. How do you know that? Well, you taught us that prayer last week, our Father, who art in heaven. And so his name's Art. And she said, oh no. Oh no, Johnny, that's not what his name His name's not Art. Well then, it must be Howard. Howard? Where'd you get that from? I kind of see Art. Well, you said, our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. (laughs) Anyone who's served in kids' church knows that is not far-fetched, is it? That is probably happening right now as we speak. Little things like that, amen? Those kids, those awesome conversations that you have with children as we serve with the kids. But it's not just that little boy who needs to understand more about the Lord's Prayer. Many of us maybe have never heard the Lord's Prayer. We're talking about something called the Lord's Prayer. You say, I've never even heard of that. I haven't been to church much. I don't know what you're talking about. Or maybe many of us have heard it. Maybe we've spoken it many times, but we've never really stopped to kind of think about what it really means. So that's what we're doing. We're studying what we call many times the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. The disciples' prayer, a prayer that Jesus gave to us as His disciples when in Luke 11, the disciples literally said, Lord, teach us. We don't know how to talk to God. We don't, we don't know how to come before You. Show us how to do that. And so that's what we're doing together. And this weekend, we're talking about, in Matthew 6, verse 9, we're talking about praying to our Heavenly Father. Let's read the prayer together. Because we've been talking about it a lot, but let's read it together. Matthew 6, let me read as you follow along. It says, Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. Jesus said, now let's go back. Remember, we, He had said, when you are praying, do not use, back in verse 7, do not use meaningless repetition as the rest of the nations do, as they're worshiping their gods, for they suppose that they'll be heard for the many words. You don't have to do that. You don't have to just say words over and over again out of rote memory or repetition to make God happy. We learned you can have confidence in prayer. Amen? 
Because the Bible says, listen, don't be like that, for your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask Him. God is so attentive, He so loves you, that He knows, even before the words are on your tongue, the desire and expression of your heart. Praise the Lord. He says, pray then in this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, by the way, as we read that whole prayer, I want you to notice before we get started. Did you notice the first half of that prayer focuses on who? The first, part, the first half of that prayer focuses on God, doesn't it? It focuses on God. In fact, you kind of see a balance between God's intimacy, God's closeness of a relationship that He wants to have with us, and God's sovereignty. What we mean by sovereignty is that God is over everything. That God is in charge. That God is the Lord over everything in the universe. The second half of that prayer kind of focuses more on human needs. And so if you look at that, it kind of balances physical needs that we have, and it also balances that with spiritual needs. And that's really, I believe, one of the things that Jesus is trying to say through this prayer. He says, listen, here's kind of an example of how you're to come before God. First of all, you should start out by focusing on God. Amen? He gives us that. And we'll talk more about that here in just a moment. But let's talk about that first phrase in what we call the Lord's Prayer. And let's talk about praying to our Heavenly Father. First thing is this. Jesus is teaching us through this prayer that God, our God, is a God of relationships. Did you know that? Did you recognize that? The Bible says in the Lord's Prayer, He says, this is how, this is, this is a model for you of how to come before God. And the very first thing that the Bible says in, in talking to God in prayer is that God says He wants us to call Him our Father. Isn't that incredible? Now, if you've been in church for a while, if you know this prayer, which maybe many of us do, that may not be as shocking to you, but if you think about it, why would God reveal Himself to us as our Father? Isn't that astounding in some ways? He could have revealed Himself primarily to us. He is the King. Amen? He could have said, pray to me as the king and you are my subjects. Couldn't he have done that? You just pray to me as God and and, and you pray to me as human beings because I want you to remember your place. I'm God and you're just human beings. He could have said, you pray to your creator. I want you to remember where you came from and you, you pray to me as the creation all the religions at that time and the religions of the world now, if they even have anyone to address, it's always in fear. It's always in concern. It's always in obligation. It's always in duty. In most religions, coming before God, if they can come before God, is in heaviness. It's in weight. It's in concern. And by the way, listen, a little bit of a side note. This is what makes it confusing for some of us. There are even some Christians who approach it that way. And that's not biblical. God is not saying to us, listen, I'm heavy on you. I'm 
hard on you. That, that's not reflecting the biblical truth. God's way, His emphasis to us in this prayer that He's given to us is relationship. When we put our trust in Jesus Christ, God becomes our Father. Amen. Amen. Now, I really want to focus a little bit more on the Father part, but I, but I do want to draw out a little bit. I want to draw some attention to that our part. Did you notice that? Did you know there are no singular pronouns? I don't mean to get too English or technical on us here. What I'm basically saying is all the pronouns here are us or we or our. Isn't that interesting? I think it's especially interesting because most of us tend to focus on a relationship with God being very, this is mine, right? This is between me and God, okay? It's very, we talked about that last week. It is. Our relationship with God is extremely, eternally personal, amen? It's not intended, we said last time, it's not intended to be completely private. But that's the way we kind of feel about it. My relationship with God, that's the way we would say it. But we need to realize this prayer tells us something about our relationship with God and about prayer. In many ways, our relationship with God, and in many ways, prayer is a family matter. It is not just about me. It is not just a private thing. Now, I don't want to overemphasize it, but I think we do need to bring it up. Many people think our faith is really almost completely individual. But there is a very real corporate aspect of our faith. My relationship with God is not just about me and God. Now, I know that's not proper English. But I put it that way for a reason. Because it draws attention to the fact that we're drawing attention to what? Ourself, right? It's not just about me and God. We struggle with that, don't we? As Americans, we struggle with that. Other cultures of the world don't quite struggle with the family nature of our faith quite as much as we do because as Americans, we tend to emphasize that individualism. Okay, and so sometimes we struggle with that more. Many of us struggle with that because we've had bad church experiences. Some of you, if you just think about it, I just ask you, I just gently encourage you to to ask God to check your heart on this. God, is the reason I'm so against church is because I've seen so many bad examples. I'm just thinking I don't want to have anything to do with that. And, and some of you, God bless you, have taken some steps. You said, my heart is hungry. I need to go to church, but I really don't want to get too involved with the rest of you guys. I just want this to be between me and God, okay? And again, God bless you. I apologize on behalf of God's people. If God's people have acted in such a way that makes you bristle when you think about, I don't need anybody else in my relationship with God. Friends, I get that, but the bottom line is, it is not just about you and God. And you know what? Even though we might be hurting, even though we might struggle, we know that, don't we? Don't we know that? Don't we know? I mean, and listen, like I said, God bless you. And I pray that we can be a place where people can heal. Amen? Amen, church family? Where people can believe again, not just in God, but in His people. Amen? I pray that we could be the family of God. Don't you need a family to be a part of? Don't you need a group to hang with? Amen. I'm not talking about an exclusive group. I'm just saying we need a group that we can live life with, that we can 
do God's work together with it. And I think we know that in our heart. And when you find that, I pray that we're being that. If we're not, God help us. Amen. What an awesome thing to have a church. Listen, family, go to work and ask your coworkers, hey, listen, don't just say, do you go to church? Say, hey, do you have a church family that you're a part of? For many people, that'll, that'll distinguish the conversation. They'll say, well, I've been to church, but I wouldn't exactly call it a family. What are you talking about? Amen? Maybe God's calling you to take some steps. In that. Go to starting point. Begin that process of partnering together with this church family. We need it. And until we realize it's not just me and God. Okay? There's an aspect of this is between the Lord and myself. I understand that. But there is an aspect of it we need other people. And until you do, something's going to be missing. But I want to get back to that father part. Isn't it amazing that of all the images that God could have picked, He picked a family. That He is our Father and that we are His children. And by the way, this that Jesus is saying right here was not a new idea. This idea was presented in the Old Testament. So this wasn't a brand new idea that Jesus was given here, but Jesus for sure gives that, gives that idea even greater emphasis in His teaching and in the New Testament. And we might ask this question. Maybe somebody's wondering, why does God reveal Himself to us as a father and not a mother? Isn't that a fair question? Why does God say... When you come before me, come before me as our Father. You know, there's an extra sensitivity today to the role of women not being noticed as much, maybe, in every area of life. And in many regards, that's well warranted. Amen? That is necessary. That is needed. But if we're not careful, friends, we can totally discount the critical role of men and of dads. And though naturally, I think everybody in this room would give mom the nod over dad. Amen? Amen. And dads say, amen. Amen, dads. You should be the biggest one. I should hear some deep amens. Amen. 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 In many ways, mom deserves that and earns that. And I think there's some biblical ways to see all of that. We can talk about that. We're probably going to be talking about that after this series. But there is a role. There is a critical role of dads. And listen, that role is not second. That role is at least even. And honestly, even though it's not maybe politically correct to say this today, Dad, even in God's Word, might even get a little bit of a nod for God expecting him to set the pace. It's really not so much um, uh, privilege as it is responsibility. Amen? In fact, I read an article this week by NPR. In case you didn't know, NPR is not exactly a Christian organization. They talked about how the world is recognizing that we need dads. It said that almost 25 million out of 75 million kids under the age of 18 in the year 2010 live without their dads in the United States. I'm not going to go into all the statistics But can I just say, if you want to go look it up, or I can provide you the link, if you want to look it up, can I just say that a lot of things that we really don't want to do with our lives, a lot of things that really aren't healthy and good for us, a lot of those things double at least, and many times quadruple 
when a dad is not involved with the children's lives. Spiritually speaking, I saw a study once that said, when a dad comes to church and is involved in God's work, over 90% of the time, the rest of his family follows. What are we talking about? We're talking about a powerful impact that dads have. Dads, your kids need you. They need you for, for, for provision, for protection, for leadership, including spiritual leadership. They need you for strength. And even though, listen, again, we'll talk about this at another time. There's more to be said here. But even though it may come more natural for our wives, listen, we need to ask God to help us to be all that our families need us to be. Amen? Dad, will you ask God to help you to be whatever that you don't use? I don't even have a clue. Will you ask God to help you to understand and to be all that your family? We need that from dads, and we especially need that from our Heavenly Father. Aren't you glad that no matter where you are with a dad, that you have, if you've put your trust in the Lord, a Heavenly Father? The Bible says that God calls Himself. Our Father. And this word, probably, just to give you even a little bit more nuance to it, probably was the Greek word that was reflecting the Hebrew idea of Abba. Now, if you've never heard that before, that is a Hebrew or Aramaic word. That image gives us a lot more of a picture of how relational our God is. Because Abba was Hebrew or Aramaic. Are you listening? Abba was Hebrew or Aramaic for basically what we would say, Daddy. That's the picture that's being given here. Our God is reflected to us as a Daddy would be to us. What picture does that give? It gives great love, doesn't it? Great respect. Great tenderness. Dependence that we can have upon Him. Closeness with Him. Our God cares for us. Our God pays attention to us. Our God protects us. Our God is approachable with confidence. Amen? We don't have to be afraid of Him. We can be near Him. There is little evidence of that kind of an idea towards God before Jesus presented that idea. Friends, God is our Abba. Now, unless you don't speak... You, you, you probably don't speak Hebrew or Aramaic, so that doesn't mean anything to you. So that means God is our dearest daddy. Isn't that awesome? Really, for some of you, kind of hard to, hard to take in image. Amen? Because we've always seen God so differently than that. Somebody said that Christians should consider God as accessible as the most loving human parent you can imagine. The best parent you've ever seen. The best parent at at providing leadership and and taking care of their kids and supporting their kids, but being close to them and loving them and all the balance of all those right there, those good things that you can imagine, uh, curling up close to them and protecting them and loving them, all of those things. If you can picture that of a heaven or an earthly parent then you're beginning to get a picture of what God wants to be like in our lives. So both of those, our and Father, tell us that our God is a God of what? He's a God of relationships, isn't He? So at the outset, our focus in the Lord's Prayer is on God. And at the very beginning, the the, the very beginning focus is that He is a relational God. 
That He is our Father. We might say, theologians might say that He is imminent. That means He is with us. But the Bible also tells us that He is transcendent. He is with us, but He is bigger than us. Amen? The Bible says that God is a God of relationships, but the Bible also says in this prayer is teaching us that God is different than anyone you've ever met, than anyone you've ever known. The Bible says our Father who is in the heavens. Boom. Amen. We need a little thunder queued up right there. Amen. Our Father, this is my, this is my dad in a sense, you want, if you want to think of it that way. This is my Father who is in the heavens. Actually, the original language puts it like this. Father, the emphasis on Father... Father of us, Father of ours, the one in the heavens. When you talk to God, you're saying, Father, Father of ours, which one? The one in the heavens. All of us have some kind of a history with a father. All of us have a father somewhere. Maybe you never knew your dad. Or maybe you never had your dad around for very long in your life. Or maybe you had one, but he wasn't a very good dad. Or maybe you had a pretty good dad, but, but he, he really wasn't that godly. He didn't, he didn't really provide a lot of godly influence. <clears throat> or maybe thank the Lord. If you're in this room, you want to thank the Lord if you have a godly dad. If you have a dad that loves the Lord and who's a good example of what it means to follow the Lord, that is a rare thing, unfortunately. Amen. We're trying to change that. Amen. Families that just went through the dedications, we're trying to change that. Amen. But it is a rare thing. But even if you were very fortunate to have a dad who was very godly, guess what? Your dad was still a sinner. Amen. You know that. He knows that. Your dad made mistakes. At the very least, your dad was limited. Your dad is not God. He couldn't be all that you needed. But can I share something with you? No matter where you are with your father, earthly father situation, if you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, even the best of dads will ultimately, we're ultimately just meant to point us to all of our one true dad. Amen? You have a father. You may not have an earthly father. Or your earthly father, you may not be very close to your earthly father. Or your earthly father may not be the best example. And careful about saying that. But I'm just recognizing. Because we want to be respectful and honoring. Amen. As much as we can. But just being honest in your heart before the Lord. Or your dad may have been great. But, but, but even the greatest of dads were just there. Really, I don't mean to say just. But were primarily there to point us to the one Father that we all were meant to have. Amen? Many times when we talk about God, listen, this is important. When we talk about God as our Father, some of us may think of it like this. Oh, I didn't have very much of a dad. I didn't have very much of a relationship with my dad. So listen, listen. So I'm glad God could fill in for him. I'm glad God became his replacement. That's how many of us think, okay? I didn't have an earthly father, so I'm thankful that God became that for me. That's not the right picture. Okay, in many ways that might be a very sweet thing that God took the place of something you missed. I'm not saying that, but ultimately the Lord wants us to see it like this. No, your dad on earth was never really ultimately the one that God wanted you to depend upon. 
If you had a good one, praise God, that He pointed you, He reminded you of, He reflected the one that He was always meant to remind you of. Now, if you didn't have that, then then that's a hurtful thing. And that's something that sometimes we have to ask God to give us healing from. But listen, I want to encourage you. You have the same offer as anybody. The dad that we all, the father that we were all intended to have wants to be your father as well. And there is no one like him. Listen to Isaiah chapter 44. You need to go back and read. Read in the 40s of Isaiah. It's mentioned several times. But I just want to read one of those passages. It says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. And there is no God besides me. Who is like me? Let Him proclaim it and declare it. Yes, let Him recount it to me in order. God's issuing a challenge. Is there anybody that is like me? And it's obviously a rhetorical question. The answer is what? No. There's nobody here, Lord. Nobody. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it and declare it. Yes, let him recount it to me in order from the time that I established the ancient nation and let them declare to them the things that are coming. So tell me what's been up in the past. Tell me what's going to be up in the future and the events that are going to take place. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. Have I not long since announced it to you and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Or is there any rock? And God says, I know of none. If God doesn't know of one, guess what? There ain't one. Amen? In fact, as we said just a moment ago, I think it's interesting that the prayer starts with acknowledging Him. God is like no other. Friends, listen. That's instructive to us about prayer, isn't it? Prayer should not primarily start with, God, here's my life. And here's everything that's going on. And here's what I need. Now, God wants us to come to Him with our needs. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that at all. He is a loving Father who cares about us. But if we're really going to have our needs met, if we're really going to have the encounter with God that He wants us to have, we've got to, first of all, put our focus and our attention on Him. Someone said, do you, do you begin with God in prayer? Does not the daily bread that comes a little bit later in this model prayer often get mentioned before our desire for His kingdom? Amen? Do you hear what I'm saying? We do that, don't we? Do we begin our prayers focused on God or focused on ourselves? Somebody else said this. Listen, there's a sense in which every man, every woman, every boy, every girl when he begins to pray, should put his hand on his mouth for a moment. You hear me? We are coming into the presence of Almighty God. The King of the universe. Can you imagine if your dad were the president or some dignitary Can't you imagine that you just kind of get used to running into the Oval Office? It's just my dad's office, right? It's just my dad's office. But you see all these other people just like, wow. You know, I mean, you can tell there's a real real authority. There's a real respect. There's a real honoring that's happening there. God wants us to experience both of those things. He wants us to feel completely comfortable coming into His presence freely. We talked about that. 
coming before the throne of grace, confidently doing that. Sometimes as we emphasize that, we can begin to forget who we're actually privileged to be with. You hear me? So this doesn't take away from the closeness. In fact, it actually makes the closeness more amazing. Amen? All these people are acting like, my dad is really important, but whatever meeting he's in, he stops and talks to me. So that just tells me, I love my dad. I'm not afraid to come before him. That didn't scare me from coming before him. But now I just realize what an awesome privilege it is to be able to come before him. If he is a God in the heavens and is different than all others, and he is, we should start our prayers focused on God and not ourselves. Do you do, you do that? Do you remind yourself? Do you? Listen, it's just natural, isn't it? I mean, I told you guys about eating my Fruit Loops and everything and how I go quick and, and, I, and I get in a bind and I do that every day. Well, another thing that I do, another thing that I do in, in forgetting to talk to the Lord or forgetting to thank Him or saying His name so quickly, I talked about those things last time. Another thing that I do is I rush into His presence and I say all the things that are bothering me. And sometimes I almost feel like the Lord says, what well, you might say if I did that to you. What if I came to your house, burst open the door, and just started spewing everything that's happened in my life? You would say, well, hello, Robbie. Right? You ever had somebody do that? You're just spewing, and they say, well, hello. And that's what reminds me, is when I do that, I don't feel the Lord slapping my hand. That's not the picture. But I feel the Lord just saying, Robbie, let's be still. Psalm 4610, right? Be still for a second and know that I am God. And to be honest with you, He knows that if I approach it that way, my prayers will be better understood by me. I'll have a better perspective. And to be honest with you, some of the things that I was running into His presence about, some of those things kind of fade after I really begin to understand who I'm spending time with. The last thing is this. I believe the Lord's trying to teach us here in this passage that this God that we are praying to, did you know He has the ability to do anything? When we pray, we are praying to our Father who not only is in the heavens, He fills the heavens. Amen. I don't know about you, but many times when I come to the Lord, I have big problems. I'm serious. If I told you some of the things that are going on in my life, you'd say, you're right, Robbie, that's that's a problem. That's a big deal. And I'm pretty confident if I ask you some of yours, I'd say, no, seriously, you're not being wimpy. That's a big deal. And And I come to the Lord sometimes with those really big, really hard things, but the Lord's prayer reminds me First of all, as I start with God, not with my needs, not with my requests, with my problems, but when I do that, I begin to realize that He is our Father. What does that remind me? I'm not alone. I got some peeps, amen? I got, I got, some, I got some family with me, amen? I'm not alone. The enemy wants to tell me I'm alone. I'm not alone. He's our Father. He's 
our Father. That means we're together. I have a family and He is actually my Father. It is appropriate to call Him my Father. This prayer is just emphasizing the corporate aspect of it. And He's my Father who inhabits the heavens. I want you to really think about that for just a moment. Many times, the Lord's began teaching me to to just think more like that. When I come before God, do I know who I'm talking to? I'm talking to God. I'm talking to the God who created everything. Who spoke it into existence. I'm talking to... Our galaxy is 100,000 light years across. And there's billions of those things. Oh my goodness. There's a lot of stuff out there. Amen? There's a lot of stuff out there. I'm talking to the One who made all that. Who owns all that. Who controls all that. When I begin to realize that, guys, listen. We should trust God for more. Amen? We should should at the least be moving towards this is going to be okay. Amen? I mean, I mean, Robbie, look. Okay, what's your problem? I mean, I'm just you know talking to myself here. What's your problem? Well, it's a big deal. Most people would say it's a big deal, but it's not like it's the first time it's ever happened in human history. God's not like turning to the back of his manual saying, where are those exception clauses? Because Robbie just came up with something that I've never thought of before. I've never seen that. By the way, he actually knew it was coming. And in some way that I can't quite understand or describe, that is not hurtful towards me, but is part of his plan and purpose, he's allowed it even. It's come through his permission that whatever this is is going to happen. And the Bible says that he's going to work that together for my good and his glory. Friends, really, if we got a hold of this, I'm trying to with God's help. Why would we be afraid? Why would we worry? Why would we be uncertain? Amen? Now, I may not know how He's going to do it. I may not know when He's going to do it, but I know that He's going to do it. Amen? I know that God will be victorious and He will be good. He will be kind. He will be right. He will be true. We serve the God in the heavens. That's amazing. i got to be honest with you. In many ways, I am blown away by what God has done in this church. And I don't want to take away from that. I mean, in some ways, you just sit down, have a cup of coffee, have some iced tea, and just say, mm, Wow, God. Wow. I was driving to the building today just thinking, it's so easy driving in this parking lot. Do you people know how hard it was to get this land? Amen? <laughs> it seems so easy now, but it about killed me. But God did it. Amen? God has done so much. But I'm going to be honest with you. I want to challenge us not to settle. Not to compare with what we've seen. Not to compare with what we're impressed with. Not to say, hey, this is great, or I'm enjoying it, or whatever. Friends, listen, I really, I don't know exactly what. But God is doing some things in our church family. 
God's doing some new things in our church family. God is, I believe, maybe the reason the church was started in the first place, we're about to really see some amazing things happen. Do we believe that? Are you trusting God for that? Are you asking God for that? Are you dreaming about that? Are you wondering what that might be, God? And are you putting some feet to that? Lord, here's what your word says. Maybe we should be pursuing this. Maybe we should be starting this ministry. We've got some things that we're thinking about, we're praying about, we're going to be sharing more and more. But I'm just saying, I don't really know. But I can tell you this, I serve, you serve a Father in the heavens. And I'm just thinking that we might, if we're not careful, I don't see any concern that I have. I'm not saying that I see any turn back. But I'm just challenging us to keep that front edge. Amen? We serve the God in the heavens. Listen to this question. Listen to this challenge. Are we happy with raindrops when God can bring showers? I think about that song. Anybody know that song? I just forgot it. Showers. <laughs> Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. You hear me? So if we've been really hungry for God, and we get some really good tasting bread, we might say, I could live off this bread the rest of my life. But what if God has a feast much bigger than that? You hear me? So I don't want morsels. Not because of me. I don't mean to put it that way. But I serve the God in the heavens. I'm pretty sure He wants to do something great in our generation. Anybody with me on that? And I'm thinking this church family is trying to be focused on Him. I'm thinking... This might be a group of people that there may be a possibility of us seeing a move of God in our lifetime. And the reason I feel that way is because we're talking to the God not of this square footage. We're talking about our Father who resides in and over the heavens. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Listen, don't let it just be the prayer time at the end of the service. Would you see it as a Mr. Langford? Actually, Robbie, the Lord will see you now. Isn't that incredible? That God is about to open His door and say, why don't you come in and spend a few minutes with me? Let's do that right now. Would you bow your head? If you think about what we just said, it's almost overwhelming, isn't it? I'm talking to the God in heaven or in the heavens. Would you just let that thought wash over you? What does that mean? And by the way, don't forget that first part. He's not just the president. He's not just the CEO. He is our Father. Would you worship Him? That He 
he's offered to you, maybe if you know him, that he's given to you a relationship with himself. Would you ask him, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me? What is it that you're saying to us? Especially in light of what we just learned. He's our father. What is our father saying to this church family? are praying those prayers in the throne room of God. If you don't know the Lord, friends, the world says God is everybody's. We're all part of one. But God wants us to be in His family. The Bible says that He becomes our Father when we receive His offer. He extends to us an offer. He says, but as many as received Him, to those He gave the right to become children of God. Even those who believe or trust in His name. He's talking about Jesus. Have you ever accepted the offer that you can be a part of God's family? You can right now. God, thank You. What an honor. Thank You, God. First of all, thank You that You're not like You've been represented to me many times. You're not harsh. You're not trying to find out what I'm doing wrong and hurt me. Lord, you love me and you died for my sins. And I accept your gift. Jesus, I accept your gift. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me and be my Savior. I want to be a child of God. Wow. Isn't it incredible? People could have walked into this room not being a part of God's family and they can leave in just a few moments knowing God. Father, we know you're speaking to us. We pray that you would open up our ears to hear your voice and that we would have the courage with your help to respond. We pray in Jesus. Wonderful. Majestic, pure, loving, caring, thoughtful name. 